We were very blessed to have all you wonderful speakers uh, uh, just enlighten us about uh, greenness, about uh, alchemy, about Al-Khidr. Um, my name is Christiane Baka. I'd like to just quickly ask you a question, Abdul, um, about Al-Khidr, a fascinating figure, one of the prophets in the Quran. But could you just flesh out his character, this personality a little bit? It's, it's, it's a mystical uh, legend, but we don't really know where did he live, how did he get this knowledge from the Divine Presence? Mm. Well, um, as far as I know, briefly, um, um, very little about um, um, he was uh, son of a king uh, sometime in his life, that's how uh, uh, the story goes, and uh, then he um, was on, on a journey uh, um, with the soldiers one day, and then uh, he found that well and he drank from uh, from it and apparently no one else saw that well and it was destined to be only for him and it's uh, it's, called, it's, um, it's known as the water of life and uh, that's where he get his, uh, um, his well, um, divine um, knowledge and um, direct knowledge rather and he, he seemed to have this uh, flourished life the son of a king He's got everything in order for him, but then he he left all that behind. And where did uh, he live? But, where was this well? Um, I, I'm not sure, to be honest. To be fair, I don't want to say something, but it, probably from my uh, readings, which um, uh, not um, not necessarily, I don't know necessarily if it's hundred uh, percent or not. Uh, the the Persian land uh, or uh, around that land, but I am also. It's very hard because, to be honest, what is talked about the head. Uh, rather more his um, um, his guidance uh, and his spiritual guidance through the history, and that was that was his acknowledgement actually more more than uh, more details than his uh, than his real name even or, or where he comes from uh, um, or how he lives. That's uh, that's I think uh, uh, more. About and is there more. any more guidance than those verses you mentioned from the Quran? Well, uh, he was referred to the Quran actually only on those uh, verses, the, it was 22 verses, uh, the very famous uh, story about Mo Moses and, and Al-Khidr. Um, there are other hadiths or um, stories by mas uh, Sufi masters, plenty, but as far as the Quran is concerned, as far as I know, it's um, in the Quran, it's, it's only uh, Surah Al-Kahf, or the, the, the chapter yeah. of the cave. I'm sure we'll find a lot of tips as to where yeah. we can find out more about the Green Man on this wonderful website. Yeah, so um, with regard to Khitra, you know, uh, like I said, mentioned in, in the Quran, um, the chapter of the cave, the story of Moses and Khitra, at the end of uh, the journey with, uh, with Moses, uh, he did tell him that uh, what, he, what he mentioned to him was all against the rational uh, mind, because what Moses had seen was all stories against his rational mind, which is what Khitra, um, from the Quranic narrative, says as the ta'wil of what he couldn't bear to understand. And, Hence, it's always uh, Moses was not patient in his because he, um, so and that's the, the word ta'wil is quite significant here because it's uh, well it, it's like um, it comes from an awal which is the, um, the start or the initial uh, the primordial meaning of, of things of things so it's almost like um, linking to what Guy was saying earlier about things have to come back to uh, where it starts from. Uh, uh, when we see it in a rather more es esoteric uh, meanings. Mm -hmm. Amazing, thank you very much. Anybody else have a question? Yes, I have a question for Guy. Uh, 
Guy, thank you for your talk, by the way. It was a fascinating uh, insight into uh, the world of alchemy. Specifically, how do you think that the actual practice of these traditional sciences, if that's the right expression, actually then went on to have a practical effect precisely upon the souls of those who practiced it? I think it's a question of um, identification. And it's an identification which develops from intimacy. And it's an intimacy which is brought about in the first place by appreciation. And appreciation is a very interesting word in the English language because it suggests if you appreciate what I'm saying, then you perceive some value in what I'm saying, you understand what I'm saying, you recognize what I'm saying. Um, and if you have sufficient interest, then it will grow, rather like if you have um, gold in your bank, for example, and if there's sufficient interest, then it will grow in, in value. So there's this very interesting thing with nature. If you're interested enough and you approach, approach something with appreciation, there's an intimacy that forms and nature will reveal herself to you um, more deeply. And she's also a mirror. So we find ourselves in that which we are exploring. And we find that the processes which we bring to bear upon the matter that we're working with, it's not just as above, so below, it's as within, so without, as without, so within. So everything is mirroring everything else. There's this beautiful um, dance, if you like, to use a sort of Venusian idea, there is a love play going on. And in a sense, life itself is a love story. And in a love story, we find our partners, and nature is this partner who joins in with us, who leads us to our true partner, which is our, ultimately our true resting place and our true identity, which is the divine. Could you give us the etymology of the word alchemy? Um, well, alchem. Um, hem is the old um, word for Egypt, which means the black land. So Achem is the, is the black land. And it's called, Lower Egypt is called the black land because every year the, um, the Nile would flood and the great plains of the Nile Delta and Lower, um, lower Egypt would be turned black by the highly fertile alluvial soils um, of the Nile. But there's also a sense that the black may refer to, as it were, the black arts. So in the sort of titillation of the occult, the idea that alchemy is one of the black arts in terms of being somehow dark. But there are other derivations which are kind of, um, kind of interesting as well, like kumia. Um, kumia is a Greek word um, which is related to chemistry. But there's also this idea of extracting juices from plants. Um, which also takes you right back to the very beginning of the alchemical work, which is working with the plants. So the Arab, Arabic word alchemia is just from those two roots that you're talking about, yeah. the original Egyptian yeah. or the Greek. Well, you get this merging of the Greek and the 
at the dawn of alchemy in the West, because there's a separate tradition, more ancient in terms of being recorded in China. I'm going back to the Yellow Emperor in way, way BC, hundreds of years BC. And then we have the um, Rasayana uh, tradition of um, Indian alchemy, which both have slightly different um, emphases, if you like. Uh, the pursuit of gold, of course, being the colouring one in the West, um, in some ways, unfortunately. But we have this melding of the, of the Greek and the Egyptian, and you have that with Thoth, who's equated with Hermes, and then Hermes Trismegistus, who becomes the, who's the author, supposedly, of the Emerald Tablet. He is a fusion of Thoth and Hermes, and he's also not just divine, he becomes a man, so he's mediating from the semi-divine man to the actual man. And um, we have this, this synthesis, if you like, which had proved rather like the soils of the, of the Nile to be extremely fertile. Could we have um, Adi question that was sent in by email? Who wants to the first to time? There's a question from uh, that came in on uh, WhatsApp on email <laughs> electronically. Uh, could you comment on the Tom? Could you comment on the eschatological significance of the greenness in relation to the golden ratio? Right, well, I, hopefully, I'll be using the words eschatological or understanding it in the way that Ali means. Geometry, by its very nature, is to do with. I suppose the end of a process, or it's the finalisation of the descent of number from the divine mind. And so in that sense, greenness and the golden ratio are the finalising of something that's begun from, I suppose you could say, from, from the one, or from, from the divine mind. And so in that sense, I suppose, there is something to do with the end of a process, or the end of time, the, the, the transmuting of time into space, or number becoming completely fixed and set, which is really the emphasis of geometry, whereas, say, for instance, music is more about the unfolding of number over time, whereas geometry is the final uh, transmuting into space. Mm. So hopefully that answers the question. There's another good question here. Um, in the final chapter of his book, Green Man, Earth Angel, Tom Cheatham offers a connection between an understanding of inner knowledge, the Tawil of Khidr, and the vision brought in Henri Corbin's writing of the Harmonia Abrahamica. Could you comment on this connection between hermeneutics and harmony? Mm. I mean, with hermeneutics, if that's talking about um, an understanding of some sort of a tradition, then that's going to be coming from a particular angle, so I suppose geometrically speaking, a particular radius within the circle, mm. and no radii run parallel with one another. So having some sort of connection to the meeting point itself would be presumably where there can be a recognition of the harmony of these different radii that are going in different directions. But um, the centre of the circle itself is a dimensionless point, so it's beyond form, so it has to, has to be, I suppose, a recognition of a transcendent unity, mm. whereas the pathways themselves are all 
they're all different. Mm. But they move closer, I think Martin Ling's always used to say how the pathways uh, move closer as they reach the centre of the circle, so there's more of a possibility of communication between different, uh, different pathways. Mm. Brilliant, well, thank you very much. <laughs>